Welcome to the Binge Eating to Food Freedom podcast with Katie Papo. Our mission is to share the simplest and most peaceful system for food freedom in the world with people who suffer from binge eating, food addiction, and compulsive overeating. We are here to show that with the right strategy and support, any committed, coachable, and resourceful individual can feel peaceful and free with food. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode. I'm Katie Papo, and today's topic is centered around nighttime eating. So before we dive in, I just wanted to thank you guys and extend some gratitude because I've received quite a few emails uh, and messages lately saying that you've been applying these practices that we've been talking about and that you're seeing results. And that's really awesome. So I appreciate you guys, you know, reaching out and letting me know, because that's always really encouraging to see how well it's working for you. So congratulations um, on all of your success. And let's continue. So um, today, I wanted to talk a little bit about nighttime eating. And nighttime eating is something that I struggled with probably the most. I would say that nighttime was usually the biggest time when I would binge. Um, and I would fall into that category of people who would say, well, I'm good all day and I can follow you know, the plan all day. But then at night, it's like something overpowers me and I completely lose control. Um, and it's not that my binges were only limited to nighttime, but I would find that if I was you know, quote unquote, successfully following a plan during the day, it would be nighttime usually where I would sabotage and derail myself. So I wanted to talk about this topic of nighttime eating, specifically for those of you who seem to be able to follow your plan or diet or whatever for the entire day until dinner time or nighttime rolls around. And I'll start by saying that there are definitely, you know, multiple reasons, you know, for nighttime eating. Um, there's a variety of factors that can influence this phenomenon. Um, today, we're not going to go over all of the factors because that would, you know, I could talk for hours alone, just on nighttime eating alone. It's, it's, there's a lot that can go into it. Um, but I wanted to just really center in on one of the factors that I do see affecting many people. Um, and you guys hear me saying a lot of time how, you know, restriction influences binges, right? So, so I'll start just by saying, you know, a more obvious reason, right, is if you are, if your plan that you're following throughout the day is restrictive, right, and you do find yourself restricting yourself and, and really trying to follow rules throughout the day, it's going to make sense, right? It's going to follow that by the end of the day, when your willpower is shot, that that will be the time for that, you know, flip where, you know, we always say that every, you know, every restriction is followed by like that binge. So, so um, so it's usually going to come sooner or later and nighttime is often that time because that's when we have the least willpower, right? So if you're depending on willpower for your plan and you're using it to try to restrict yourself all day long, it's completely natural that then you'd binge at night. And this is not some character flaw that you have. If we were to put anyone in that situation where, where we're restricting them all day, you know, most people would get to that point, right? Just given what we know, most people would get to that point where at night it all kind of falls apart. So that's more of the obvious one. Um, so if that's you already, you might have some clarity right now. But I did want to, to talk today a little bit more about um, uh, another reason um, 
that can contribute to nighttime eating. And I would call that the ill handling of anxiety. I would say that the ill handling of anxiety is a major factor that can influence nighttime eating. And when I say anxiety, quote unquote anxiety, this doesn't necessarily need to be like this high level anxiety, like where you're having a panic attack and you don't know how to deal with it. I'm not really talking about that, though that could be part of it. Um, but in order for anxiety to be a culprit of this problem, it we find that it's often like this more low key anxiety that you might not even label as anxiety. You might, you know, call it, oh, I just feel like I'm busy all the time or I'm just so overwhelmed um, or there's just so much going on in my mind or I'm on the go all day. And then when I'm when it's quiet and I'm alone with my thoughts, I feel really uncomfortable without some kind of distraction like the phone or TV or food. Um, so when I'm talking about anxiety in this context, just know that I'm not necessarily just talking about like high level anxiety, like a panic, but a lot of times it can come as a low level anxiety that some people might just call busyness or overwhelm or burnout or something like that. Um, now, does this mean that all anxious people, you know, binge eat or do, does this mean that all anxious people emotionally eat? No, of course not. We all handle things like anxiety in different ways and anxiety doesn't cause binge eating, right? But for those who have been caught up in the binge eating problem, we have seen again and again that anxiety is a huge exacerbator of the problem. So maybe anxiety wasn't the thing that caused your very first binge, right? But if we're seeing it as a pattern that anxiety is exacerbating the problem, or if you find that you're going through your life feeling anxious, even if it's more low level, like I just feel like I'm constantly busy, I'm always behind, I'm always feeling overwhelmed, I never have time to breathe. If that, if you feel like that's sort of where you're at, then this might be relevant to you. So, um, so anxiety, while it might not, like I said, be the, the biggest major cause of binge eating, period, right? It can be a big exacerbator of the problem. And also, for those of you who began binge eating in the first place and started, you know, building up that, you know, habit as a way to calm down, right, then binge eating can be, a, be wired in the brain and associated in the brain in such a way that this is the way to unwind. This is the way to calm down. So if you've used binges as a way to calm yourself in the evenings, like, oh, this is when, you know, the spouse is in bed, the kids are in bed, this is my time to unwind. So if you've been using food as your way to unwind, and this is your go-to way, keep in mind that the brain gets wired then associating food with relaxation. Now, is it really giving you relaxation? We know that that isn't true because then we would, if it were, then we'd wake up totally rested and we'd feel so much better and binge eating would contribute to our happiness and success. But we know that obviously it's not actually giving true relaxation. It gives more of an illusion of relaxation. And that's the problem, right? That's the problem is, is overeating. It doesn't actually make you feel better, right? If it actually made you feel better beyond that first, you know, release when you first start eating, if it actually made you feel better, you know, we'd say, keep doing it. It's working, right? But um, but obviously, if this was an effective coping me mechanism, you would not be here to trying to stop it. So I wanted to explain in order to kind of understand how 
to to handle the anxiety from a more I always like to look at things from the the deepest level that I can get to. So usually that's going to be like the energetic level. Um, so that goes beyond the biochemical. It goes beyond, you know, um, the obvious. But if we just look like energetically, we can get a better understanding of, of how to balance ourselves. So I want to actually explain this problem and therefore the solution as well in terms of the elements. So stay with me here because this is a little bit new. So think of the elements, right? Fire, water, air, earth, okay? Everything that we can see around us is made up of these elements in some way. So if you were to imagine spending your day in anxiety, right? Think about the feeling of anxiety, okay? In terms of the elements. So anxiety, right? It's like the thoughts are just swirling, constant movement, right? We we can feel scattered all over the place, unfocused, um, uh, and basically, it, it's like the, 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 the thoughts when we're anxious are swirling around in the air. It feels chaotic. It feels scattered, kind of like a tornado. So if we were to attribute that to or if we were to equate that with one of the elements, right, that would be air, right? If we think of the swirling, if we think of the non-structure, if we think of just like the chaos of it all, like swirling like a tornado, what is that? It's air. So... So given that, so basically what we're talking about here on an energetic level, right, is like an air imbalance. We have too much air and it just is out of control and it's too crazy. So when we're, when we're going throughout the day, we're super stressed, we're going from place to place, there's no stillness, right? There's no grounding, right? It's just lots and lots of swirling and scattered and all over the place. So think of that as being like an air imbalance. It's like too much and it's everywhere. It's hard to control. And just like anxiety, it can feel hard to control. The thoughts feel hard to control. We can't hold air, right? So, so if you've spent, if you're the kind of person who you spend your day like that, like you spend your day kind of being like swept up, right? It feels out of control and you're just kind of like being carried and swept up from place to place, but you, you're feeling out of control in your day, right? You're going to start craving the opposite feeling, right? Because when we're imbalanced in some way, naturally, as, as the body tries to balance itself, we're going to crave the opposite, right? And we know that we start to, we crave opposites, right? Because binge and restrict, that in itself is an opposite, Right? When we're too restrictive, the pendulum swings to the other side to binge, to balance out the restriction. And then we and then we binge too much. We feel too heavy. We want to feel lighter. So what do we do? We restrict again and we we bring ourselves back to the other side. So it's the same thing. So if you're finding yourself constantly feeling swept up, out of control, too much air, too much air, too much air, I'm not grounded at all. What are we going to crave? The opposite. What's the opposite element of air? Earth, right? Earth is the opposite. Earth is stillness. Earth is grounding. So it's heaviness, right? And if we're feeling swept up all the time with anxiety, right, then we're going to crave that groundedness, that heaviness, that stillness, right? So so if you've been spending your day all swept up in air, totally imbalanced, you are going to crave earth the most, the energy of earth, okay? Groundedness, heaviness, something to help you come down, right? Like when you sit in the couch and you're, <sighs> right? That's earth energy. That's the air energy coming down <sighs> to earth. So 
food achieve, helps us achieve that feeling very quickly. Why? First of all, food is earth. Like physically, if we're to actually look at food is earth. Okay. So already by bringing earth into our system, we are making ourselves heavier. We are grounding ourselves. Right. And in a pot and that, that can be true in a positive way. Like if we're feeling really lightheaded and dizzy and we're, we haven't eaten, right. When we, once we've eaten in a positive way, we feel grounded. We feel nourished. We feel satisfied. We feel like, huh, okay, I can focus now because I'm not everywhere. So food is earth. And the more we eat, the more it grounds us down. Now, when this becomes a compulsive habit, of course, that's when you start to feel bad. The body starts to you know, manifest that, that earth, that heaviness, starting to hold on to that extra weight, right? And even when you wake up in the morning the next day, because of all that grounding, because of all that heaviness, because of all that earth, you might even wake up the next day still feeling heavy. Does that mean, I hope I'm making sense so far. Let me know in the comments if you have questions about this and I'll check them um, because I know that this is sort of a new concept I'm introducing the way I'm talking about it. Um, so if you don't understand, just let me know. Um, so so basically what what is the body and mind craving? They're both craving groundedness. They're both craving heaviness. So if you find yourself at the end of the day, like oh, this is my time to unwind and you're finding yourself drawn to things like, sitting still on the couch for hours on end, right? Eating, 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 eating. All of that is earth, 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 super, super grounding. Um, but again, right, this can be useful to a point, right? If we're really hungry and then we eat, that grounding is good, right? We feel good. But at the same time, if we're using it in an imbalanced way and we're just going too far with the extremes where the anxiety in the air is too much. And then we overcompensate with too much earth, too much heaviness, right? Then we're just going to continue to feel imbalanced, swinging from extreme to extreme to extreme. So the idea here is, first of all, well, it's it's a bit of a, it, it's a, it, it's all about balance, of course, but it's about, um, bringing yourself groundedness. So giving yourself what you actually need, right, in the proper amount. And what, what that can look like as you're managing yourself throughout the day is, first of all, checking in that you are grounding yourself in smaller amounts throughout the day. So you're not just constantly sweeping yourself up higher and higher, feeling more and more out of control as the day goes on. So this is something that you can manage as you go. Um, but also at night to be aware of this, that that this groundedness that you're craving that you want is not something wrong with you. And that's the first thing to really notice here is that anyone who's imbalanced, their body, their mind is going to look to balance that in some way. Just like how you balance the restriction with the binges, even though I know you don't like that pattern, it's creating balance in that you know extreme way for you. And if you're going super far to one extreme, you're going to need to go super far to the other extreme you know, to balance that. That's why the craving is going to feel more extreme, right? Um, so what we're talking about here is how can we give ourselves grounding? How can we give ourselves that, that, whew, that earth come down to earth sort of feeling without harming ourselves in the process, okay? And it's important to understand as you're going through, um, 
any you know habit changes you're going to make around this, it's important to go into this with the mentality of it's not bad that I've been binging at night. Maybe it's not aligned with my goals, but it doesn't make me a bad person and it doesn't make me a weak person. It's just that I've been setting myself up to really, really need this grounding. And this is the only way that I've really known how to do that. And so that's what I'm doing. So to some level, this has served me in some way because it's helped me come down from my day. It's helped me, you know, um, find stillness at night. But now that, yeah, I've been doing it for longer and longer and I see how much it's not serving me, of course, you know, there's going to be a desire to change that if you feel like it's not serving you. But it's also important at that same time to not beat yourself or criticize yourself or even think for a second that something's actually wrong with you when it's so natural for the body to try to balance itself in this way or for the mind. If the mind feels frenetic all day, it just kind of wants to you know, be heavy and dead at the end of the day because it's exhausted from all of the activity. So, so know, you know, just going into this, know that that's natural and that's important to just accept that this is how you, know, you have been coping and that's okay. Um, and we can, of course, make changes to this. You're not married to this lifestyle for the rest of your life. Of course, you can change it. But it, it is important, in, especially in the beginning, to just remind yourself, okay, this is just the body and mind looking for balance. I haven't been doing it in a super effective way, but I know that if my body and mind are looking for balance, then that's inherently good. That's inherently what I want. I just need to learn how to work better with myself instead of against myself so I don't cause all these negative consequences with my coping mechanisms. Um, so, so, so food is that, that earth. It does offer that grounding and it can offer that in a positive way. So this is not to say when you get home, don't eat and do what I'm about to talk about instead. Okay. This isn't about just saying, well, that's it. I'm going to just make a sharp substitute. I'm just going to cut out the eating and I'm just going to only focus on grounding because at, at, at a core level, this still boils down to body listening. You guys have heard me talk about this all week and for many, many weeks and months before this, that if we're not in tune and we're not listening to the body, we're not going to be able to give ourselves what we actually need. So we can't just say, oh, well, I assume that, you know, I'm in air mode all day and I need to get in earth mode. So let me just think of a few things and I'll just choose randomly what I'm going to do each night and then my binge urges will go away. That's not really how it works. We need to actually tune in and calm ourselves so we can uh, choose the, the modalities or, the, or those little habits that are going to be very aligned with what we need in that moment. And this is what we work with our clients on, you know, privately is we can customize to that level where we can see what the exact pattern is, and then we can create habits, you know, to go along with that, to create that balance. So, but I want to give to you today two really helpful tools that you've heard me hopefully talk about before that assist with that grounding process so that even if let's say you do come home and you do need to eat like you are hungry and eating is the best thing for you right you can still ground yourself first you can still ground yourself um, even while you're eating so that way the eating is actually it, it gives you that that grounded experience rather than it being more binge mode which actually is more frenetic it is more chaotic and it doesn't really give you much earth energy it gives you also a whole much a whole lot more air 
So, so in a way, if you come home and you want to give yourself that food for grounding, but then you're eating in such a way where it's like shoveling mode, super frenetic, you know, hiding, thinking about other things at the same time, not really being present, just eating, you will get that physical heaviness, that physical grounding, but you're not going to get the mental grounding right? Because the mind is still all over the place. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to eat this. I'm going to eat this. This is bad. I should be ashamed of myself. I need to stop starting tomorrow. Da, 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 da. The mind still is in air mode. So what we want to do is in addition to eating, which you might still do, right? Because most people do eat in the evenings at least. In addition to that, to create more grounding, to not only ground the body, but to also ground the mind and to help the mind find stillness, to help the mind calm down. Because the more we do that, not only are you giving yourself what you actually need, but if the mind is calmer and the body is calmer, you're going to be way less likely to make impulsive decisions or to make unconscious decisions or to just act on your autopilot. Right. Instead, when you have when you create that space for yourself and that grounding for yourself, you know, you're calm and we make such better decisions when we're calm. We can think through things more clearly. We can see ourselves more clearly. We're more aware of what we're actually doing in that moment where if we're just swept up, carried away and we're in fight or flight mode and we're in survival mode and we're on autopilot, we're not really acting uh, consciously. We're more just kind of like being swept up in the moment which is often how a binge feels. That's why it feels out of control because we are being swept up in the moment. Whereas when we can practice bringing ourselves to that grounded state, that earth state, then what, what do we have the, the chance to do? We have a chance to actually think things through. We have a chance to actually look at ourselves and make more conscious decisions that are going to be aligned with your goals ultimately. So, so the two, th the two tools that I wanted to go over today that can assist with that grounding that I'm talking about um, are both dis discussed in my free training. So if you haven't done the free training yet, go on my website and do the free training. It's very detailed. And we're going to and we talk about these two tools in great detail in the first couple classes. So the first tool that you can use is your breath. OK, so. So um, actually, let me backpedal a second and just say that um, mm, there are multiple ways to ground. So I'm only going to talk really about two today, but just know that what we're, I want you to start thinking about the essence of calming, finding stillness and giving yourself what you actually need. So I'm just, for the sake of just this talk today, I'm just going to focus on two. Um, but these two are very powerful ones that you're going to have available to you anytime for free that you can always tap into. So that's why I want to focus on these two. So like I said, the first one that I want to talk about is the breath. Specifically, Deep breathing that activates the parasympathetic nervous system. So for those of you who are unaware of the power of your breath, our breathing patterns will influence our physiology. So breathing patterns not only influence our mind, but they also influence the body. So if you were to breathe, let's say, let's say I had you breathe in like panic attack style, right? And we just sat there and we practiced breathing like this. <sighs> Even if you didn't start off panicked, right, that breath pattern, you're going to start to create 
that feeling in the body. You're going to start activating that fight or flight. You're going to start, um, your, your body's going to feel it. And not only that, but the body and mind are very closely connected. So when the body experiences something, the mind tends to follow. So then if the body starts to feel out of control and anxious, so does the mind. So, and, and it goes both ways, like panic attack. If you were just having a panic attack, right? <sighs> right. It's the same thing. It's the, it's the fight or flight response. It's the stress response. Um, whereas if we were to, employ a different type of breathing that works more as the opposite. So instead of those those big, strong inhales, instead, we're actually focusing on reversing. So it would be a long, deep inhale, long, even longer, deeper exhale. And notice how I'm focused on nose breathing here versus mouth breathing. Just that change alone. If you were to change that throughout the day, you're automatically going to be activating your parasympathetic nervous system much more frequently, keeping you um, keeping that low level anxiety more at bay. Um, there have been many studies about nose breathing versus mouth breathing. Not only are the mental benefits quite dramatic, the physical benefits are also quite dramatic. Whereas mouth breathing causes lots of different sicknesses, um, lots of different uh, types of anxieties in the mind. Whereas nose breathing creates uh, the environment in the body and mind for healing and for calmness and for um, optimal health. Okay. So I don't, I didn't discover this. This has um, been discovered by the science community and also something that, you know, communities like yogis and other ancient uh, practices that use pranayama and different breath techniques for health um, have discovered the same thing and that connection between the body and mind. So, so specifically, we want to be nose breathers and we want to have the exhale much longer than the inhale to create that grounding relaxation effect in the body and in the mind. So if you came home and you were feeling frenetic and you, you know, wanted to eat, what you could do is sit and practice that breath work, practice that breath work. And you can do that before you eat. You can do that in between bites as you eat. So you're keeping yourself in that calmer state as you go. So even if you are breathing, you're still adding another element of groundedness. So you're not now fully dependent only on food to ground you. You're using multiple techniques and tools to ground you. Um, and then the other, and, and, and the other thing that will um, actually, let me just check comments and make sure there's no questions. Oh, hey, Dave. Nice to see you. Um, okay. So I hope that makes sense so far. So that's one method. And by the way, I talk much more about this in class one of the free training. So go into that class if you need to learn more about this, which I highly recommend. And repetition is the way we get these things ingrained. So it never hurts to repeat. Now, a second tool that I want to draw your attention to is your muscles. You can use, so, so far you have your breath which is available to you all the time, and you can change your breathing pattern. Another one you can change is the state of your muscles. So when you're carrying low-level anxiety, there will also be low levels of tension that you're holding in your body in your muscles, okay? The body and the mind are always married. Even if you're not noticing it now, if you start to pay attention, you will start to notice that this is already happening. If you're feeling super tense, the muscles will also be super tense. 
If you're feeling like an undercurrent of anxiety, there's going to be little bouts of tension that you're holding in different places. People hold tension in a variety of places. Uh, common places are shoulders, right? Keeping the shoulders up here like earrings. Um, jaw, right? We can tense and clench the jaw. Uh, scrunching the forehead, that can be another place where tension is held. Uh, um, uh, making fists with the hands, like just holding the hands and fists, that's a way that tension can manifest in the body. Uh, clenching the toes also can be a way. Um, keeping the abdomen really tight, right? That not only restricts breathing, but it also creates tension in the muscles. So if you're carrying yourself in a low level state of anxiety throughout your day, you are also carrying the tightness in the muscles. It's like an upward like contraction. So what we want to do is create the opposite, right? That grounding downward earth feeling. So the way that we can do that is we actually physically release and relax the muscles. And that creates the grounding effect and it activates the parasympathetic parasympathetic nervous system, which must be activated in order for us to make clear decisions. Okay. It affects memory. It affects learning. It affects um, physical, uh, physical components of your body as well, like metabolism, your ability to burn fat, your ability to lose weight, um, your ability to, to digest things properly and to eliminate properly. The parasympathetic nervous system is the state you want to be in for all of that optimal functioning. So this is not just for the mind, it's for the body too. So, so one of the best things that you can start by doing is seeing, huh, where am I holding that tension? Okay, so I might check my forehead. Is my forehead scrunched? Oh, yes, it is. Okay, I'm gonna bring my eyebrows apart from each other, which you don't need your hands to do this like how I'm doing. I'm just showing you the motion, drawing your eyebrows apart from each other to soften the forehead. Maybe I'll close the eyes to relax the muscles behind the eyes. Maybe I'll bring the shoulders up to the ears so that way I can relax them down and feel that difference between the tense and the relaxed, really feel that difference between bringing them up to the ears and relaxing them down. I might relax the muscles in my hands, relax the muscles in my feet, relax the muscles in my abdomen. Is that making sense? So I even gave, um, there's a, if you, if you, if you're looking on my podcast or YouTube, there's like a short guided, uh, little meditation that I led last week. Um, that includes the, this type of breathing that I'm talking about, along with the muscle relaxation. So if you go back and you see, I think it's called like um, a short guided meditation for control or something. I can't remember exactly, but it's something along those lines. Um, and that, and if you just practice doing that, right. And practice relaxing and in, in that sequence and, and practice the breathing, you're going to find yourself much more capable of transitioning to that parasympathetic state at your own will. So now it's no longer that you're just being swept up all over the place out of control. But but even when you find yourself there, you can ground yourself and you can have that control to bring yourself back to a state where not only are you setting yourself up for optimal body functioning. So I mean, your, your metabolism is working better. Your digestion is working better. Your ability to work to burn fat is working better. Um, but at the same time, you're also helping yourself have better access to your mental faculties. So your memory will improve, your ability to learn, create new habits will improve, um, your ability to problem solve, your ability to see yourself clearly, the ability to make conscious decisions, to have awareness about what's going on in that moment. Because a lot of times, guys, with binges, it's a complete lack of awareness. It's a complete like survival mode reaction. If, we're, if we can transition ourselves from survival mode 
to the parasympathetic state. That's a big part of this battle is just that transition alone and bringing yourself back to that more grounded place where you are more capable to access those parts of yourself that, that can make the decisions that are in alignment with what you actually want. Now, is this, yeah, does this work in theory? Of course, but you actually need to practice it in order to feel the results, in order to feel the benefits. I always say practice is 99% of all this. You have to show up and practice it and do the work. But these two tools, using your breath in a very specific way and using your muscles in a very specific way, you can change your physiology. You can activate the parasympathetic nervous system at your own will. And once you're in that state, you have so much more access to the parts of your brain and your awareness and your body that are going to help you make those decisions that are in alignment with what you want, while also giving yourself the grounding that you've been desperately needing all day, right? So you can give yourself this grounding throughout the day and especially at night when you're eating, adding this type of grounding to whatever it is that you're eating as well. So, um, and that's not, I, I want to be clear about this, that this is not a substitute for eating, right? Because while these are great tools, right, we still need to tune in, right? And this is, you know, where we tend to work with people a little more specifically. Um, we still need to tune in to actually see what is the body calling for. We can't just make an assumption that, oh, well, it's the same every single day and I just need to like, I just put myself on autopilot and I can just do this. No, this is about becoming conscious. Um, so, so in that regard, sometimes eating is the best thing to do, especially if you're hungry. But the key to that is eating your food in a way that's also grounding, that's also enjoyable, that's also relaxing, that's all that also feels good. Because ultimately, if you're spending your day wrapped up in anxiety, like an air tornado, right, then by the time you get home, you're gonna, you're gonna crave that grounding, you're gonna crave that relaxation. And then if you come home, and you're eating in an equally frenetic way, than as how you were carrying yourself throughout your whole day prior, what's going on? You're just contributing to the anxiety. You're just contributing to the fight or flight response. You're not changing anything about your physiology. You're just now eating and stuffing yourself in a way where, um, in a way where, and, and, and when your body's in a state that it can't digest properly, that it can't burn fat properly, that it can't eliminate or assimilate properly, right? Because you're in the fight or flight, okay? Where the mind can't um, access calmness, where the mind can't think beyond anything except the what you're doing on autopilot, right? When you're in the fight or flight mode, that's where we are. And that's what anxiety is, right? It's just kind of staying in that fight or flight mode all day. But we can't end um, disordered eating while we're in fight or flight mode. We need to be working from, um, we need to be working while we're in the parasympathetic state. Does that make sense? We need to be in that rest and digest parasympathetic state. So, so, so the, so the key to when you're eating at night is to think, okay, let me get the essence of that state. Even though I'm eating, even, even if I don't want to be eating, or even if I'm not even hungry, let me start to bring that groundedness just into the way that I'm eating. So breathing, relaxing the muscles while we're eating, slowing down, 
letting ourselves mimic the feeling that we want to have. Stillness, calmness, relaxation, unwinding, right? Because if we're just shoveling food as fast as we can and not paying attention and not feeling and not anything, like how is that real relaxation? We're going to still crave relaxation when we're done because we didn't actually give it to ourselves. And what will we do? Then we'll keep eating and keep eating because we want to get that feeling of groundedness. But if we're eating in a way that's not grounding at all because it's too fast and it's too frenetic and it's too chaotic and it's too emotional, we're still going to crave more because we're not actually giving ourselves the feeling that we want. Does that make sense? I hope that this makes sense. Um, so even the word like shoveling, right? That idea of like shoveling food, even the idea of shoveling, like does that feel grounding? No, it's too fast. It's a frantic act in itself. So slowing down the entire process, right? Like chewing, putting the fork down in between bites, resting in between bites, right? That is going to give much more of that grounded feeling that you're looking for if anxiety is contributing, right, to those nighttime binges. Keep in mind, right, this whole time we've been talking about one cause of, of nighttime eating. Um, but of course, you know, there's there's more that we could be talking about, but I wanted to, to zoom in on this focus for today. So, and, and like I said, the theory of this, I hope you understand in terms of theory, right, going from air to earth, going from fight or flight survival mode to the parasympathetic, right? Like this is really helpful to understand intellectually, but it's the practice itself, right? It's you actually showing up and doing it, like slowing yourself down, breathing any amount. Remember the any amount principle doesn't need to be perfect. Doesn't mean need to be the thing that moves mountains, but any amount to just start sh showing the body, this is the feeling you're looking for. And I'm giving it to you in a way that actually serves you. So, so as far as a person who struggles with nighttime eating, um, this anxiety factor can be at least part of the culprit, right? And then these practices, if that's the case, will significantly reduce the amount of food that you're desiring at night, or it will eliminate the desire if the food isn't actually physically needed. And again, this is achieved with practice. Um, so if this type of practice is done correctly, you're going to start noticing changes immediately. This isn't something that going to say, oh, well, maybe in six months, I'll see if there's a difference. Like, no, you should be feeling the changes like in the moment. You should be feeling these changes immediately. That's part of the reason why when we work with people, the changes happen a lot quicker than most people expect. Of course, we're all impatient, blah, blah, blah. We all want changes in one second, but it's still, it's still fast. It's still really fast um, especially if you if you're the kind of person who's been looping in the in the binge restrict cycle for a number of years, you're going to find you're going to see and feel these changes a lot faster than you might have seen and felt changes happen in the past. Um, and that's how you know you're doing it right is if you actually do feel more grounded and more calm and you're able to to get that slowness, you're going to you're going to find you have better access to your brain. You're going to find that your body's functioning better. Um, physically. And that's ultimately how you're going to start to gauge your results. And of course, we have a free training that goes deeper into this. I mentioned that already. So feel free to check that out. 
Um, and also, if you're interested in working with us privately, this is something that we help people with um, in a much deeper way. Me and Shahar work very specifically with each person. So it's two to one ratio. So you'll have two coaches and we work with you on not just this piece, right? Not just on these specific situations that you've been struggling with, but these mindset patterns that have led you to this place, um, those deeper physiological patterns that you might not even be aware of yet, right? Um, especially when we're working with mindset and we're doing inner work, it's hard sometimes to gauge like what's the actual problem or what do I really need because you're so close to it and you've been dealing with it for so long that we can't see as clearly. So if that's you and you feel like you need handholding and you need that objective eye and that professional eye to help you understand like what am I working on? What are the methods that are going to be best for me? How do I implement them? And how do I, you know, do that deep work along with all of this? That Then you would be a good candidate to work with us. So if that's of an interest to you, feel free to reach out um, to me. You can reach out through Facebook or email. Um, learn more about the program. You can read about it on my website and see if it's a fit for you. So... Whew, this was kind of long for a mini talk today, but I wanted to make sure to cover nighttime eating in a little bit more depth than I have before. So I hope that you guys find this helpful and that you start practicing and implementing soon. And let's, you know, let's keep up the practice. So reach out in your comments, reach out in our Facebook group and, and let us know how you're doing. Um, and I'm going to see you on Monday. So talk to you soon, guys. Have a great weekend.